0: I think it all boils down to the fact that you as a man or as a young person, you have to have that self-discipline or that backbone not to go with the crowd and not to go with whatever society says and be that leader in society for that matter, you know.
1: I see the walls before me, I feel the cages for me seems like the wall is falling, but I keep my head up. See the world before me. I know what changes is coming. I hear the world is calling. So, so I
2: keep my head up now. We break into everything. We break into everything.
3: Hello and welcome to the Barrier Breakers Corner, where we shift mindsets around various topics such as family, finance, relationships, dreams and visions, and most importantly, opportunities and how to walk into them. We want to annihilate the assumption that we cannot break barriers. Let me tell you this today. There is more on the other side of you breaking that barrier that you would never know unless you do. We
1: break into everything.
2: Hello everyone, and good evening, good day, or whenever you're listening to this. Welcome to Barrier Breakers podcast, why we step out of our faith, defy the odds, and as the name implies, we break barriers. I am here today, Samuel Masakoy, with my fellow host and a guest here. Your names, please.
1: I am Suleiman Say, and I am Samuel's co-host for today's podcast.
2: So we have a guest for here today, and he's from South Africa, a young guy just like us. And sir, can you please introduce yourself? Your name, please. Hi, I'm Letabo
0: Mofa King, all the way from South Africa,
2: and I am the guest today. Very really happy to be here, by the way. So I'll hand you over to sort to explain what we'll be doing here today, so you can take it up. Yeah, thank
1: you. So today's episode of the podcast is all about life as a young African man, and it's not going to be an interview per se. It's going to be more of a conversation, a discussion, just a fun chat between the three of us, and talking about our experiences and how we experience life as a young African man. Samuel, you want to start?
2: As Michael was said here, life as a young African man. I think there's a lot that comes with that title because. Let's say you're the first born or so, people, your family looks up to you. A lot of expectation also comes with that title. So I think in this modern day, it's a big deal, honestly. Young Africans, it's a deal. So I would also like to give a few words on the introduction before we get mainly into our main conversation. But I think for me, that's my perspective on that. Betaba, what do you think about the title of what we're to talk about? It's
0: a very interesting topic. I'm excited for this one because we get to be more free and be ourselves and talk about our true selves. As a young man lately, it's a, there's a lot of praises, man. I mean, and besides it being the firstborn, but being just a, a male figure, you know, there's a lot of praises that come with that. Praises like you have to leave. And I think not even a male, but everyone in general, like just everyone. We give birth to you. So you have to take our title and our surname to the next level. You can't even leave it here. So it's an interesting topic to dive into. I can't wait to go deep into it.
1: So, so, what do you think about that too? The both of you mentioned the word title. I think it does come with a title. It comes with things that you are attributed to and things that you're expected to do. Like Letabo said, taking your family's name to the next level and all of that, continuing sort of legacy does come with that too and a lot of other things so that's just one of the many pressures as you mentioned Samuel, that's one of the many pressures that comes with being a young african man
2: yeah yeah i think that's true because especially in africa we really value that family and as a male child you are tend to carry that name on Mm -hmm. your head like that lineage and in africa we value our traditions and our values we take pride in them and As an African guy, you should be proud of where you're from. With that also being said, I think we African guys, as I said earlier, have a lot on our plates because it's not easy. carrying that family, taking it on, passing it from generation to generation, making sure you don't be a disappointment per se because you are being looked up to by your family. A lot of pressure, that's what I will say, basically. There is a lot of pressure that comes with it.
0: And sorry to come in. And I'd also like to say, Horit, in the African tradition, it tends to be different because there's a lot of pressure on us as African males and African females, or in the African society. But then we are not really guided that much. Like your father won't really tell you the challenges that you're going to face in life and the relationships and the females and everything like that. Personally speaking, i real, but when you look at the, the Hawaii tradition, you'll see Hori, in their family, they're more of a free society, whereas they are free with their parents and they can talk whatever they want to. And their parents guide them deeper. You know, they are more free. It's a more free relationship and it becomes something different in us. So the pressure, I think, on ourselves as
1: African men, it is even more harder or difficult. Did you mention something about there not being enough guidance? Yeah, Definitely. Yeah, enough communication with parents or even your father. I guess that's something that a lot of young African men struggle with, the lack of mm. communication with, let's say, a father figure or with both of your parents or something. Mm. At some point, it kind of feels like you are alone to face the world and all of that. I think communication is needed between parents and their children. And the sons especially. Because maybe people think the male child doesn't need that or something. But I think every child needs that.
0: Yeah, true. (laughs) Every child needs that, man. Because you find yourself in a situation where you don't know who to talk to. You put yourself in such a situation that you don't know what you're going to do or how you're going to get yourself out of that situation. And you don't even know who to look to. You go to, like, the most common things that us, well, I think me personally speaking, when you seek for friends, you know, those, the, the one, the close ones that you call brothers, you go to them for advice. And then because you don't have that open relationship with the, the your fathers or your father figures in the house, that you can easily talk to them and they will guide you into when you are in such and such situation. This is how you do things, you know. And I personally believe they probably have been through the situation that I've been through. So I think my life would have been much easier. If we had an open relationship and we spoke to each other, they guided me. But those are one of the challenges that I face as a black man.
2: Yeah, I think when mostly growing up, unlike the West people who have like an open relationship, mostly with their parents, in Africa, it tends to be a very strict relationship. From a young age, our parents, we are supposed to give them respect, but in our case, they are mostly fair. That's why I think the problem of open relationship comes in. There are a lot of people that have an open relationship because of the way they were brought up. Like, for example, if someone had this kind of military dad, the dad is strict. He's mostly not into like the chit chats. He's mostly the mothers. And like that kind of guidance you'll be seeking. It's not there. As you're growing up, you find it more difficult since you've never had that kind of relationship with your father. You Mm -hmm. find it difficult in terms of when you're seeking guidance. That's where a lot of bad things come in play. Like you go and ask your friends who are just like you. And I won't say most of the time because some do give good advices, but sometimes some advices that are being given to you by these, your friends, leads you into bad scenarios that will end up changing your life or worse. Whereas if we had these open relationships where we could go to at any time with our problems and have this discussion with our parents or our dads per se, it would have been easier for a lot of us.
1: Yeah, I think that the reason why a lot of fathers or let's say parents in general act so strict and so unbending is parents, they don't want to seem imperfect to their children. Parents always want to be that person that their child looks up to. And if your child stops looking at you as a role model, that's going to make you fearful that you might lose your child in some way. So you try to always maintain that element of fear in your child. You know, your child should always respect you. I don't think it's even respect. I think it's more of fear than respect. And I think that spoils the communication. And also, I think as a young man, the advice that's given to you is usually advice on maybe, I don't know, how to be successful in life or how to be rich or how to have a great family. And really advise you on, let's say, the things you're struggling with right now or the things you were struggling with in your teens or anything like that. So most of those things, the deeper things, let's say the mental things or anything like that, you're facing it on your own because no one has given you advice on that. And as Samuel said, your friends are kind of just like you. I mean... I don't know who was lucky enough to have a friend that's mature and give them great <laughs> advice. Because <laughs> our friends are just like us. So It's tough. Yeah, it is tough. And I think there's a lot of fear in parenting, parenting, parent child relationship. And there's also a lot of advice that is misplaced. Like give the child the advice that they need, not the, the ones you think they need.
0: Yeah. But someone mentioned who's lucky. I think someone mentioned who's lucky to have a friend that's mature. I think I'm lucky enough to have a friend that I can talk to about these type of things. So we also tend to ask ourselves what we do differently you know, in life, us as parents. If I was a father today, what would I do differently? So I think I would pose that question to you guys, that what would you guys do differently now, since you noticed this problem that we're facing now, and I know that you don't want it to tend even for your children or for the next generation. So how would you guys fix the, the problem that we're facing today?
2: Well, I think that in this present generation, we are exposed to a lot. And communication is a big factor in this modern day. Communication, it means a lot. So if I come a father, I will encourage much more open-ended relationship because that will help in every way. Because I don't want him to have a problem or a challenge that he's facing in life. And instead of bringing it to me, in that way, it tells bad on you, the father. Because if your child can't take the problems which he's facing to you, then I don't think he trusts you enough. I will be mature enough. I will have gone through that stage that he's going through. Especially as of now, children are exposed to a lot from, let's say, age 9, 10. Most kids, they are well aware of technology and how to use it. If they don't have that guidance, which will help them, you see most of them going astray. and. That does not tell well on their future. So upcoming African guys, I'll say men, I think we should encourage that much more open-ended relationship with our kids. Because in as much as we want to instill fear in them, don't make it go to a point that they fear to talk to you. Yes, fear to be in the house. Yes, they should give you that respect. And fear should be there. Like When daddy speaks, okay, yes, we take it serious. But it should be to a point that they can't bring the issues that they are going through in life with you. And if that goes that way, that is the mentality of our ancestors. Most of the advice which are given unto us is be successful, have a good life. But they don't give us advice as to which to help us be successful. You understand what I'm saying? Be successful, yes, is a good thing. But the advice you give someone to be successful will take him a long way. Mm, True. Tell him being successful is not a smooth road. It's a journey of ups and downs. And... Let's say we have these advices now. I'm grateful because I have an ended relationship with my parents. I can get advice from them, which is good. But I can't say that for most African homes. You understand? Yes. Most of the time, the dads go morning to evening. By the time they come back, they're tired, go to bed, repeat that cycle. And they don't make time for their kids. I think that is where the problem comes. Mostly, is the mothers. The fathers don't make time for their kids. That is what I would say. I don't know for other, but from majority of what I've seen, dads don't make time, and that's where the problem. As a father, you should be the head of the home, and your advice to your child goes a really long way.
1: Yeah, the advice you give your child goes a long way, and I think the question from Letabo was, "What would you do different?" Number one, I would be there physically, of course, because. Even that is a problem. Like some people have never known their fathers, you know, and their fathers are living in the same world and never met them, never had a decent conversation with them. So number one, I'd be there emotionally and mentally, not just physically as well. So I would want to have healthy communication with my kids. I would want for there to be respect between us instead of fear. I think there's a thin line between respect and fear. And most parents are operating in the line of fear, thinking that it's respect. As long as you have respect, your children won't disrespect you. As long as there's that respectful relationship between you two, your children won't um, disrespect you. So you don't have to worry about making them afraid of you or anything like that. So when your children don't fear you, anything they see outside that's strange to them, they'll come and talk about it to you because you're their main source of communication. They see you as that person. They should tell whatever amazes them or whatever interesting happens to them. So a relationship between parent and child should never reach anywhere where the child is afraid to come to the parent or come to the father to tell them something because they fear that the best outcome might not come out from that. So I think your children should be okay with coming to you and telling you whatever they see in the world, how they see things or whatever. Yes, I hear you guys, your perspective.
0: And I agree with you guys in terms of being more open and having an open relationship with your children and them not being afraid to come to you and coming to tell you their problems. What you guys didn't think of is that in our generation that we're living in now, our parents are pushing us for greater levels, you know. So probably we are going to reach the level that when we are successful, we will be probably being the CEO of a big company or being whatever. Let's say, for example, you're the CEO of MTN. You won't most of the time be able to be there around for your children. You will probably come back home at 10 o'clock, or you won't be at home maybe three days or four days. And then you only come back in the weekend, or you can only spend time with them for only two days because you have a lot of meetings around the globe and around the whole of the continent, you know, because you are pushed as a man to get the success. But now, as you are accumulating the success for your children, yes, emotionally and mentally speaking, you want to be there for your children. But it comes to a point that when you are trying to reach to or to get the success and achieve the success, there's a lot of things, you know, you want your family to be comfortable. You want to get money for your family. You want them to be comfortable and living the best life, all the cars, the beautiful house and whatever, you know, you can name it, the best schools, whatever you can name it. But then comes the downfall to that as well. Whereas you can't, you want to be there for them. But you can't be there because you have an appointment there. You have a meeting there in that country. You have to fly from this country back to that country. So I think it's going to be much more difficult for us because we have to think about that as well with, okay, I'm posing a question now. How do you maintain that relationship with your child whereas you are busy, a father and you're trying to accumulate all this thing? Just like Casper in your vest. I don't know if you saw Casper in your vest. It was this weekend was his son's first birthday and he couldn't be there because he was on a tour in the UK. And he posted the child but think he wasn't there for the child's first birthday. And as a child, you'd be like, Dad, what happened? You went there my first birthday. So it's tricky. So I'm asking now, Hori, how will you be able to maintain this relationship and this open relationship with your child,
1: whereas most of the time you're not around there for him or her? I think if, as a father, you miss big moments like that, the best you can do is make up for it. With what? Money? <laughs> no, not with money. Not with money, because that's not the best way. Taking them to Disneyland or something. Yeah, Yeah, I think you should make up for it in terms of being there. If you can't be there tomorrow, find time sometime next week and spend a whole day with them or a whole couple of days with them doing things that they love and doing things that you both enjoy. I think making up for it is very important. And also, no matter how successful you are, no matter how important of an individual you are, you're a CEO of a huge company and all of that, I think you should always prioritize your children and never put your work on top of your children. Never make it seem like your work is more important than your family, even though it's your work that is kind of feeding your family, but never make it seem like your work is more important because your family, they're your people. They're the people you're supposed to go back to. So I think you should always prioritize them and always find time in your schedule for your children and your partner and your family at large. You should always find time for them. No matter how busy you are, you can never be too busy. You should always find time for them. Prioritize them over your work, but never prioritize your work over them because that's going to make you miss a lot of things in your
2: children's childhoods. Well, I think big positions require big sacrifices too. Like, Let's say the job is at the CEO of MTN around for meetings and other stuff. Yeah, it's part of the job. And I think making them understand also is one thing that will help go a long way. Let them understand the task at which you have been given. Even though it's not an easy one, but that's what you do to provide food on the table. And as Saul said, make sure you make up for lost times because your presence to kids right now goes a long way. Because we watch movies and we see that the kids start complaining, you were never here for me when I needed you, blah, blah, blah. That is not what we want in the future as African men. Even though our success will be great, but prioritizing and making sure you make that precious time for your family is to be there. Never put work first. Your family comes first. I want to add to
1: what you just said. We only attribute the word success to the success we have in our work field or in our field of study. I think success also includes how your family comes around how you have raised your children and the relationship you have with your partner or the mother of your children. I think success includes that too. Let's not just attribute success to the work you've done in your work field. It also includes the work you've done in your home because parenthood is
2: also a job. So we shouldn't forget that. Yeah, that's true. We mostly attribute success to our work field, material things, what we've acquired. And being a good parent is the greatest success of all because... That takes your kids a long, long way. If you parent them in a good way, there is no way they will suffer because it all starts from the home. Charity begins at home. It's not rocket science for anyone to understand that. If you parent your child in a bad way, there's no way they'll come out good. So as long as that good parenting is set as the foundation for your home, that is the greatest success one can have in a family. And as I said, never put your work in front of the family because at the end of it all, at the end of all the work, you still come home to your family. Yeah. I also
0: agree with you guys. Family comes first. Besides the way we think, I don't think success is only wealthy things or money or what you accumulate in life. But I think I also personally believe my goal is getting that family, starting my own family, having the wife, having the children, having the crib, what the cars. I think that's a success to me, having that beautiful family. So I guess I agree with you guys.
2: As we said earlier, the responsibility of a young African guy is a lot. And you see as going deeper, you see that all this coming to play, it's not easy. Because as a black guy, when you go abroad, they look at us as one. Because I had some friends when they came over last year, we were chatting before they came, actually. So African, yeah, like I'm Sierra Leonean, but you're African. Yes, but you don't term us generally as like Africa. We have different ways where we come from. So you see, they have that mindset that Africa is one. And I think that is what it should be. Because what we portray outside tells a lot on how they look at our continent. And they don't say this Syrian guy, this Ghanaian guy, this South African guy. This is African, you understand this African guy that I think most of them say, and that tells a lot on our continent because most of them label it as the dark continent. And you see, that doesn't tell good on our place, especially when they talk about our leaders. This African leader then mentioned the country. You understand? So and I think we have a lot on our thing, that mentality. And when we do that, you will see that Africa will definitely be like a good place in their sure. eyes. I think that this responsibility of a young African guy is really, really, really a lot. It is a lot.
1: We've spoken about the pressures of being a young African man and the tough responsibilities. What can we say about what we enjoy about it? What's great about it? I don't have anything to say. I think I'm
0: privileged because we live in a beautiful land. That's the first thing that I can say that I'm proud of, that we live in a beautiful continent. Africa is one of the most beautiful continents, the cultures and everything that goes around it. And being an African black man, I think what I like about it is, what can I say? My culture, I guess, you know, the culture that you grew up with, seeing everything that unfold around you, the happiness. On my side, I guess, as an African black person, through we went through apartheid and all of those things. But the humor that we have as a country and the love that we have for each other, even though there's also the bad side, but the good side about it is that we love each other as a continent and as a country and the humor Even in the worst case scenarios, we always have some jokes or something to make the situation fine for ourselves. So I guess that's one of the things that I like about us. And I guess we push ourselves to achieve
1: more. That's one of the also things that I like about us that can come to mind. Yes. I think one of the underrated privileges is a sort of freedom. Like going out as a male child in an African home, you are allowed to go out more than, let's say, your sister would be. Your parents would be less worried yeah. about you going out than your sister going out. So I think the male child enjoys that a lot more. Going out with friends and, you know, having fun and all of that. There's less caution on that. I think that's one underrated
2: privilege for us. Yeah, that's really underrated because as an African guy, the ideology of us, like, you can protect yourself. Yes, anything that you can protect yourself. Unlike the girl child who are not, like, as true as us, I'll say when it comes to physicality or fight, let's say when it's needed to protect yourself. So that's really an honorated privilege that we have. And as Le said, the unity that we have, that is something we can boast. Yeah, we can see say well in all parts of the world, in most areas. An African guy can go and I would say a Gambian guy will leave, go to Sierra Leone or come here, same thing. And we'll take ourselves as brothers. You understand, you know my African brother, yes. Regardless of the country, from the same continent, we are brothers. So that unity is something I really like about us Africans. Yeah, but
1: yeah, unity is important. And I think we do have unity to an extent. I do love the unity. And for example, in Gambia here, when you go to someone's house, they ask you to come eat. And everyone eats from the same plate and all of that. So that's all part of
2: unity. I think that is beautiful, yes. So I'd like to ask something, though. There's this ideology that goes around that says men are trash. <laughs> men are trash. what what's your say on that? Well, apparently I'm trash. As
0: they say, apparently I'm trash. <laughs> but I disagree. It's something that goes back to the point of us not being guided, you know. Yes, not only really being guided, as being misguided. Because you get to a point as you don't have that open relationship with your dad. And then you go to your friend. My friend, I'm having this promo with this girl. What should I do? And your friend just advises you and gives you just rubbish advice. And then you just take it and go to her. And then you just ruin the poor chick. And then the poor chick just names you as trash. And that cycle just went on and went on and went on and went on. And now we're even boasting about being trash. You get a guy boasting about him sleeping with many girls and all of those things. And that's what caused this all men are trash thing. So I guess that's my take on it. Apparently we are trash, but I disagree with that. Not all men are trash. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's really one of the main issues or something like that makes these women call us that. Because let's say a guy now goes out with a girl and the advice which was given to him was when you go out with her, act like a bad guy. Don't act gentle, act tough, blah, blah, blah. They say that girls never fall for good guys type and all of that. And you go now acting like stuff, guys, guy, rude. And she later comes out with this impression that men are trash. When they do that, they don't spin it on a particular guy. It's a whole gender. That is a big, big problem. Because what you do to one girl will go a long way. Because she will try and defend. But if this keeps on going, the cycle continues. Men are trash. Yes, it's true. And the trend keeps going. As of now, everyone is saying men are trash. So what do you have to say about that?
1: Yeah, if your focus is on making yourself appear as a different type of person so that you can get a girl and then play with her, I guess you are trash. But then not everyone is like that. So not all men are trash. But I think it also goes beyond a boy and girl thing, a boy who plays with girls' feelings or whatever. I think it goes beyond just that. Other things that men do that make them seem trash. But as I said, not all men do that. So not all men are trash, but some are, I guess. Most are apparently, <laughs>
2: apparently most <laughs> are. <laughs> apparently, most apparently most are. Apparently most are. That's what they should get. Most does not mean all. Yeah, most doesn't mean all.
1: Yes. mentioned something very true. He said there's a lot of misguidance. So as a guy, if you think it should be done this type of way because yes. you've seen other men do it some type of way or that's what your friends push you to do, you might do it like that. You join the gang of trash men. Because your friends do it like that and people you've seen before you do it like that and you think that's the right way. So you are misguided. Yes. I think there's a lack of proper education Yeah, when it comes to how we educate our young men. I think we should make them unlearn a lot of things that they think are the right way and let them know how to be a real man and understand that maybe their taking is actually not the right route.
0: I think the way that I took it, the way that I approach it well to save myself from being trash was to disassociate myself with whatever people say, you know, just take a stand because I think. I'm a young man that's guided by the Bible. And if the Bible says adultery is wrong, me going around and sleeping with girls is wrong, I won't do that. So whether a friend of mine tells me this or a friend of mine tells me that, I think it all boils down to the fact that you as a man or as a young person, you have to have that self-discipline or that backbone not to go with the crowd and not to go with whatever society says and be that leader in society for that matter. You know, be that guy that says, I would, you say this, but I wouldn't do things like that because you won't get anything. You won't achieve anything from that. It's only just both and you're only just going to talk and talk. With me going, approaching it like this, I'm saving myself and there's greater reward for me by doing like this. I won't associate myself with you because I know that I am not of this world, you know. You things do differently according to me. So I think that's what we, as especially saved guys, we have to be take that decision as young men not to go around with the crowd. Yes, I know everybody wants to, to fit in. Everybody wants to. I think, you know, when you fit in, you feel more comfortable because you are hidden by the crowd. But when you stand out, you are more on your own. And that's where you're an easy target, because when you're alone, we can easily aim at you and shoot you. But when you are in a crowd, it's more difficult to shoot you. So I think we have to all take that stand, that difficult stand to be alone and be like, yo, you saying this, but I won't budge into that. I have my own models that I believe will take me far in life. So this is the way that I'm approaching it. And I don't care. You can laugh at me, but I think we need a backbone. It's just men. I saved men. We just need a backbone. And to stand for ourselves
1: and not just go with the crowd. I think that's all meat, self-discipline and backbone. Yeah, you said something very interesting there. Fitting in is so easy, but standing out is hard. Being unafraid of telling people that you're different or showing people that you're different or that you'll do something different from how they do it. That takes a lot of bravery, takes a lot of guts. So I think more men should have more morals. And that will stop many women from saying that men are trash. Have morals, know the difference between right and wrong, and live by that. Don't just go with what the crowd is going with. If you go with what the crowd is going with, anytime the crowd is culpable, you're culpable as well. So have your morals, have your guiding principles, and live by those. The things that guide you in life, let's say faith, you can be a Christian, you can be a Muslim. There are great morals from most religions. If you're a Hindi, you're a Buddhist or anything like that, I think all those religions have beautiful morals. And if those things are anything to live by, not just religion, but also seek a lot of knowledge because seeking knowledge is part of having faith. It's part of being a guided human being. Yes. Seek knowledge and have good morals. Always desire to learn more and never always believe that you always know what's right because you don't. You're human. You don't know everything. So always be teachable, always desire to learn more and always be ready to unlearn some things that you have learned maybe in your childhood. Even things that sometimes your parents have told you. Not all of those are completely correct. So seek knowledge always and have morals. Definitely. Read books, more reading. You'll get more information. (laughs) Read. (laughs) Yes, you need
0: a lot of books. Yeah, so important. And it's something that's very difficult because I know I wasn't a reader myself. Me and reading books, I would never handle that. I took a stand that, yo, if I want to know, because there comes a time where you as guys or you with your friends or whoever, you guys are arguing, or even with all the people, you know, your cousins or whoever, you guys are arguing and you like, like, I know that this guy is wrong, but I just don't have a valid reason to say that, yo, I don't have concrete on evidence. So when you read more, you have evidence to say, that's false because according to one, two, and three, this is what it is. This is actually the main thing. So yeah, you get more knowledge and you get a lot of intel on a lot of things, you
2: know. But what I'll say is that you should have a backbone on which your morals are based on. Be a Christian or Muslim, you have the Bible or the Quran which will guide you mm. through life. As you said, when you stand out, it's easy for them to target you. But when you stand out, you can also make a difference. I think you guys have said it all, but that's what I took from what you have said. And just want to say, we should have those morals which will guide us through life so that we'll stand out make a difference and show people that not fitting in is not always the best idea. You stand out and still make a change rather than thinking that when you fit in is when you can make that change. So when you have those morals, those standards, which you go by, they'll definitely see a change. With that change, you should also be able to have where you're standing from, whatever they say, back it with something. Because you know that in the Bible, it says we are of the world, but not of this world. It goes like that. We are not of this world, but of the world. So you know that you are not supposed to fit in with what the worldly people are doing. So you should really have that backbone on which you have and that solid ground you, you are going to be cemented in. So yeah, maybe this will be our last question. What advice would you give a young guy in Africa right now? African guys basically in the society because this society as of now has different opinions, different ways. So what advice would you give to young African guys that are listening to this?
1: The advice I would give to them is Don't be afraid of being different because we just mentioned that it's very easy to go with the crowd. So don't be afraid of being different. A few years from now, you might actually love the fact that you were different. Also, respect people. When you respect people, people respect you. Respect just works like that. And always keep growing. Always keep becoming a better version of yourself. Don't just think who I am right now. I'm okay with it. Always be willing to grow. Always become a better person because you'll thank yourself for it and then People around you will love that too, because you inspire a lot of people around you when you're someone who's always desiring to grow. So always work Mm -hmm. on yourself in all the ways possible. Mentally, in terms of education, physically as well, just work on yourself. Work on becoming a better person because the future you will thank the current you a lot for making that decision to become better. Always desire to grow more. Never think that you've reached that point where you're enough. That's arrogance, that's ego. Just break that ego and always work on yourself. I think Saul took everything out of my mouth. You said it all,
0: my brother. You said it all. I don't know what to say after that. But you mentioned the highlights. Fella. Don't be afraid to stand out. Don't be afraid of change. That's also something. Respect goes a long way. Respect will take you very far in life. It's something that's very important in life. And always push yourself, man. Because there's a point where you're like, I'm done. I can't take this anymore but then you haven't finished running. So you have to push yourself even more to go there because you know that you have it in you. You just have to take it out of you, you know? I believe that as a person, you always have that potential in you. Just work for better and better and you will see where you'll go. To everyone out there in the world, just work for whatever you know that's inside of you and you'll see where that will take you. That drive that you have in you, Just don't sleep on it. Just push towards it. If you know that you can become a waitress, become a waitress. And then when you're a waitress, you know I can become the manager. Own the shop. Own many shops. Own the whole shops in the whole continent, in the whole country then. So always strive for
2: the best as a person. And the sky's the limit, man. What can you say? Basically, you guys just said it all. What i say is don't settle for less because you can get anything as long as you want it. The sky's the limit. Push for more keep going it won't be easy but at the end make sure your best is what you are proud of and something that will take for a long way don't settle for less so yeah that's what i'll say so yeah any final words before we go thank you for having me man it was a
0: very really nice session very really wise words shared here by wise men i hope i get a chance to come back again and talk about something else Dave, i learned a lot today and thank you for having me man As you guys say, to every black man out there, to every person out there, always aim for the best, don't compromise yourself, and the sky is the limit. Thank you, guys.
1: Saul, any last words? I really enjoyed it. I was glad to be part of this. That's why you guys have to call me back again. (laughs) 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 It's been a very fun conversation. It's been educative, and I've loved being a part of it.
2: We enjoyed the convo. We really wish to have the convo very soon. We really enjoyed it. So we also thank you for coming. Thank you for giving us your time. And hopefully we'll have you back soon. Please, please. I've been Sawo Sokoi, Michael Hall, Suleiman Se, and thank you very much for listening to Barrier Breaker's Corner and see you soon. Bye.
3: Thank you for listening to the Barrier Breaker's Corner podcast. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star review and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, share with those you think can benefit from this information. Please email all questions, suggestions, and compliments to the BB podcast at gmail.com. The Barrier Breakers Corner Podcast is produced by the Podcast Laundry Production Company and executive produced by Joyce The podcast music was written by Chidi Omenihu and produced by Andy Official in Begandia, West Africa.